Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Level two, the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, our AM radio affiliates that are just joining us once again in level two, of course, Sirius XM, Channel 204 as well. So, you know, light night in the NBA tonight. Atlanta gets it done, and they actually do cover the number. They close the six-point favorites. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard were out of the lineup uh, in this basketball game. Sergi Bach had a big uh, first half, uh, but then hit the wall in the second half, and uh, Atlanta were laying six. They end up winning a basketball game by nine. John Wall plays against Washington, and he says, this team left uh, left me for dead. They said I was done. He scores 24 tonight. Well, hey, that's good enough. His prop uh, his prop was uh, 20, uh, 21 and a half, so uh, 24 was good enough. Did he kill it? Yeah, whatever. He didn't drop 50 on him, but they got the win. He got into it, Russell Westbrook, uh, as well this evening. And it looked like uh, they came close to actually coming to blows. Although you can sort of tell John John Wall was sort of doing more talking and Westbrook looked like Westbrook was about to kill him uh, type of thing. And I saw our, our man, big man on campus tweeted, uh, you know, he, he tweeted the video and he said, oh, Wall would F him up. And uh, no, he would not. <laughs> like, no, he would not. Uh, no, Dude, Russell Westbrook was a linebacker, bro. All right, Westbrook's, Westbrook's a mean dude. The guy's in a lot of shape. John Wall is just a dude that talks a lot of trash. You know what I'm saying? John Wall's a good basketball player, but uh, if you know, John Wall's not fighting uh, that Jake Paul guy anytime soon, but I guess uh, Ben Askren is. I don't know if you can find an instance in which, like, can both of them lose? Is it possible? Is it possible? And can you believe this? Out of all the MMA fighters, they're going to fight this dude. Uh, out of all the MMA fighters, it's got to be a dude whose stand-up is like, uh, is you know, it's like amongst the worst in the history of mixed martial arts, basically. And it's a boxing match. So Ben Askren most likely gets stretched. <laughs> ben Askren gets stretched. And, uh, and now this Paul dude, this Paul guy says, oh, everyone says I can only knock out NBA players, huh? He goes, let's see. Uh, you know, Ben Askren's a real fighter. And the thing is, Ben Askren is a real fighter. This is what it's come to. The UFC don't pay their fighters enough money, so now like everyone just wants to fight, you know, these YouTube dudes now, because they can actually make money doing it. They're both tool bags. Like I hope they both get knocked out simultaneously. Vent your rage. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What are you? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com 
Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Yeah, Mo, that team threw did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Obrensky, the Pets of Players Hospital, the people of Boston, everybody else in between. Tonight, including Hank Bauer. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Hank Bauer is going to step up and in to join us. Uh, former San Diego Charger, great. We'll give you uh, kids a history lesson of what is actually cold. What's a cold weather game? And I should say not the kids, but uh, the um, the handicappers as well. Well, you know what? I get cold and, you know, I live in Las Vegas and I get cold. Well, yeah, because you're an old man that never leaves your house. All right. You're not a professional football player. So I am Gabriel Morenci, and I am not a professional football player either. <laughs> but we're talking about professional football uh, right now. A lot of interesting, so these Super Bowl uh, trends, some of these are stupid. Like the stupidest one that we just talked about was definitely the fact that um, <laughs> uh, that the AFC, the AFC is 4-1 and one, uh, when there's a male halftime performer. Is the weekend a male I believe uh, I believe it is <laughs> the weekend. It's kind of vague. It's kind of vague. Um, so yes, I, the, the weekend the weekend is a dude. Uh, how about this one too? They're pretty stupid, but kind of random. That uh, the AFC is also six and one if the Super Bowl is on CBS, and I believe this Super Bowl is on CBS. Let's bring in Andrew McInnes uh, right now. Wager talk, sports memo steps up and what's going on, McInnes? How you doing tonight? What's up, Gabe? Can't complain, man. How are you? You know what? We're doing all right. Uh, I'm looking forward. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going over some of the historical data and trends. Some of them are meaningful. Some of them are not. Here are a couple of, uh, you know, rolling on. It's a lot of the AFC, guys. The AFC have won and covered five of the last six Super Bowls. The favorite team is 35 and 19 straight up in the 54 Super Bowls. So KC uh, would be in that uh, mix uh, right there. Uh, but, you know, interesting talking about uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is 4-5 and five against the spread in the Super Bowl, 6-3 and three straight up. But he's only been an underdog once, guys, in his first Super Bowl. And, of course, he was, um, he was a 14-point underdog in that uh, game. And we were talking earlier, I said that tails, tails, um, the, the, the coin toss has come up tails in six of the last uh, seven Super Bowls. Overall, Tails leads 29-25 as well. That is a little bit of a distinct advantage uh, right there. So what's your thoughts on the Super Bowl, uh, McKinnis? Uh, who are you leaning with uh, right now? There's still time if you haven't made up your mind yet, but do you have an initial lean uh, as far as Super Bowl 55 is concerned? Did we lose him? <laughs> Um, sometimes there's a delay, Gabe, and I can't tell. Me? Yeah, there you are, McKinnis. How you doing? Yeah. Can you hear us? So you cutting out? Sorry What's about going that, on? Gabe. But uh, I was just going to say, I, you know, I opened up by saying I can't complain, but I can complain because my Packers aren't uh, aren't there in the big game. But uh, I won't get into that. Don't worry, I won't be rambling or complaining about the Packers. I'm sure. Uh, I'm a Bills fan. You know, so, yeah. you and I would have we liked to have lost. our two teams in the the big game. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, I I like uh, the Chiefs. 
I like the Chiefs to get it done. I know it's it's Brady. I know Brady has played in 18 percent of the Super Bowls. I know he's you know been there so many times. But when I look at how the Packers managed to not take advantage of situations that were given to them, and when I look at what the Chiefs are going to be able to do, I just think matchup favors this Chiefs team. Um, to me, the biggest difference is actually going to be the run game. The, the, the Packers got dominated at the line of scrimmage game. It wasn't even close. They could not run the ball. Of course, there was injuries. But I feel like as long as they can establish the run, and they will, and then they'll give a little bit of time, um, they'll keep the, the pass rush guessing. And the second that they start establishing that run, Mahomes is going to be able to draw back, and he has so many targets. You know, I, I just, you know, I feel like it's going to be a great game. It'll be very competitive, but, you know, I don't like throwing around these words, the goat and the baby goat, but uh, I feel like Mahomes gets it done. Um, you know, all valid points. I can't, I can't say, you know what, you're wrong, but I think there's counter arguments uh, to it. You know, like I said, look, look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not a mirage, guys. They give up 81 yards a game on the ground. Uh, this year. It's by far the best in the National Football League. Their defensive line, this game, I I get it, but to me, it's going to come down to the secondary, right? This comes down to the secondaries. We'll see if KC even tries to run the ball on Tampa Bay because nobody can. You know what I mean? Look at Alvin Kamara didn't light him up. You know what I mean? And and my my counter-argument, everything he said is right about it. I totally get it. But the thing is, People said the same thing about after the uh, the New Orleans game. Oh, wow, Drew Brees gave it away. And oh, wow, there's like, yeah, it doesn't really matter how it happens. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady always seems to be the one left standing so far. Oh, trust me, Gabe. I, I, you know, you know where I'm from here on the East Coast. We don't have a professional team. Obviously, we don't have a Canadian football team even. Everyone from around here is a Patriots fan. I hear it from the Brady fans everywhere I go. You don't have to remind me uh, that he's always found a way to get it done. And I want to put it out there. I'm not, I'm not a Brady hater by any means. I'm, I'm sitting here and saying he has been so accomplished and gotten the job done so many times. It's impressive, you know. I will say I was that guy that's saying, yeah, you know, he can't throw the ball down the field like he used to be. Well, he, he kind of, you know, put that right in my face with some of those throws. That throw to Miller was impressive. He looked spot on. But, yeah, again, I'm not going to say, look, Rodgers went three and out countless times and uh, – that's the Packers' fault, and the Buccaneers didn't deserve to win because they did deserve to win. But I just think, with, we look at the Chiefs, the start that they had to that game, the leadership core to be able to just shake that off, um, to get everyone involved, it's just it's too impressive to me, man. Honestly, I think there's talent on both sides. But you mentioned the secondary. I mean, the secondary is one thing, but also look how many points this Chiefs team put up last week. You know, like who's to say they don't do it again? I know the Bucks have a pretty good defense, but – I don't know, man. The, the talent is, is, is far too good. And I want to get your take on this because so many times you hear people say, you know what, stick this quarterback on this team and see how they do, right? And I'm not sure how you feel when people say stuff like that, but it kind of bugs me because Mahomes is so good. Obviously, he has Kelsey, he has Hill. He has so much talent on his team. But seeing the talking heads say, yeah, if Deshaun Watson was on this team, they're going super far too. I don't like that. You know, I mean, they have talent on their team, but Mahomes is great. He is a difference maker. uh, And I believe he will be a difference maker in the big game coming up here. No, I agree. I get get the argument. I've said it at times before. 
Mahomes is special, right? And he does make people around him, you know, better, right? It's not the other way around. Mahomes isn't great because Sammy Watkins is good or Tyreek Hill is good, right? They're just great together. It makes it better. But what is what is a fair argument is if Mahomes was dropped on the New York Jets as a as a rookie, right? Like would the Jets be in the Super Bowl right now? No. You know what I'm saying? Like, so and where you land, where you end up, what franchise you're with does matter, but it doesn't d- diminish his skill. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't diminish his greatness. Uh, it really doesn't. I mean, the guy, because as you stated, a lot of teams have a lot of talent. And, you know, Deshaun Watson, though, look, Deshaun Watson won a college championship. The guy beat Alabama. So Deshaun Watson mm. has won big football games before. So, but Deshaun has also had a lot of talent in, in Houston. He's had bad offensive lines. Mahomes is that special. So I, I agree with you in that you couldn't just take any quarterback and put him on the Chiefs and they would be the, this team that they are. But at the same point in time, if Mahomes is drafted by a terrible organization, then his career isn't what it is right now. I, I, I do firmly believe that. Like, I do believe, like, if Mahomes was drafted by the Jets or the Jags or something like that a few years ago... He's not like the the MVP. He's not. He's really good. You know who he is? He's probably Deshaun Watson. <laughs> he's a good quarterback on a team that wants out. <laughs> that's probably that's probably who he is. Because not. Let's just be real, though. Because he inherited a twelve and four football team. But whatever, a thirteen and three. They were damn good with Alex Smith, right? It's not like he like made them good. They were already good. He made them great. He put them over the top. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. On the grid, sportsgrid.com. Believe it or not, you can listen too much to us. Get to know your family again. Did you know your wife cries herself to sleep every night? That's what she told us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all in a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. All right, let's chunk it all on a hockey game. Rest in peace, Jack Sue, Barney Miller. Late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. Throwing it down, Sirius XM Channel 204. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, uh, as well our video uh, digital platforms kicking in the late night hours. So let's let's get into the National Hockey League. That's uh, one of McKenna's specialties. There were 13 games in the National Hockey League uh, this evening. And, 
you know, some underdogs cashed, uh, but when it was all said and done, there was no massive. It looked like it was going to be a high-scoring night, but then most of these sort of later games went under the number. Ends up 7-6 and six to the unders here uh, tonight. But a couple of surprises. The Los Angeles Kings uh, win this evening as underdogs against uh, Minnesota uh, tonight. Anaheim uh, gets it done. And I got to tell you what, it's early still right now. Uh, McGinnis, but if we're giving away the Vezina a trophy, I mean, Gibson's carrying the Ducks. Pitches a shutout uh, this evening. Um, Anaheim wins uh, 1-0 tonight. Toronto gets it done against Calgary. What do you think about tonight's NHL card? I'm, I'm kicking myself right now, Gabe, for not uh, playing an under in, in the majority of these Anaheim Duck games. I mean, you mentioned it yourself. Uh, John Gibson's playing amazing. In a year that I mentioned on, on this show right here that we were going to see the most backup goaltenders ever, and we're definitely seeing it, how much rest do you really think John Gibson's getting this year? Because it's not going to be a lot. Um, judging by the way he's playing, as long as he stays healthy, he's holding down the team. Um, I actually had a piece of Arizona tonight, so it's tough to see that happen with uh, them go scoreless. They had a great effort, lots of shots, lots of chances. But uh, John Gibson uh, closes the, the door, and, you know, I guess one thing I wanted to mention here, just as far as the league goes in general, is certain, you know, certain divisions have been more competitive than I thought, and certain divisions have not been as competitive as I thought, Gabe. I mean, I know it's early, so I, I don't want anyone saying, hey, look, it's only early in the season. But just from right now, this standpoint, my first impression, when I look at this North division, the Canadian division, I don't see any other playoff contenders. And I know this isn't the way it looks right now, but Maple Leafs, Canadians, Jets, and Flames are all I see for the playoffs. That's good to me. It's a clear-cut pitcher. Um, it was a tougher game for the Flames tonight, but that performance the Canucks had just last night was nothing to be proud of. It was a great situational bet on spot for them against the Senators. But the Oilers don't have secondary scoring. Their defense isn't good. The Canucks' defense is poor. Um, their goaltending situation is so-so. You know, but the West Division, you mentioned it with that Ducks team. You know, I think I said to you there's going to be a pretty easy stack division with the Golden Knights, the Blues, and the Avalanche. But following that presents some pretty great underdog spots, right? I mean, the Kings, the Ducks, the Wild have looked good so far this year. The Coyotes can score. So it's a whole new season. You mentioned that, uh, you know, I follow the NHL really closely, but uh, it's definitely been a whole new league, Gabe. Yeah, but it's, I like it. I actually like it. I like the rematches. I like the divisional battles. And as you stated, listen, Montreal and Toronto are the only two really good teams in, in, in the North Division. And the Canadians are living up to the hype, getting some rest uh, right now, uh, get, get, getting some rest. So I like, so Cam brought this up earlier tonight, guys, before the games tonight, 19 and 10. So in the rematches. So teams that have lost the first game have won the next game 19, uh, 19, 19 times, they've lost 10 times. So tonight, what were the rematches tonight? Or I should say going into tomorrow. So look, Chicago and Nashville, people were panicking early. I, you know, I didn't trust Nashville. I stayed away from this game. But people were panicking that took Nashville tonight. But Nashville ends up winning 3-2. They play again uh, tomorrow. And uh, we've got Ottawa and Vancouver. Uh, they play again uh, tomorrow. So what do you make of the overnight situations uh, right now? Nashville minus 175. And uh, the Vancouver Canucks are about minus 160 uh, right now. What, what's your impression on these games? Both rematches. Both rematches, like you said. And, uh, you know, Cam brings up a great point about betting on those teams. And 
sometimes you want to bet the hot team, but in this scenario, we're seeing a lot of bounce back spots. And also, Gabe, uh, I know you're just like me. You love to bet these over spots when we see it. The overs are crushing it uh, for, for some of these top tier teams in the second game. We saw it tonight here with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames. We've seen it on dozens of occasions. I believe the same thing with the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets as well. That game yeah. finishes 6-4. That was a pond hockey game. No defense in that game whatsoever. But for tomorrow, Chicago, Nashville, the same situation. I'm riding the over. Look, Chicago actually doesn't lack that much talent offensively. They're just really sloppy defensively. Their goaltending isn't good. Malcolm Subban had probably, you know, the best goaltending performance of his life tonight, which is what made that Nashville game so close, Gabe. I watched that game. I did have a piece of Nashville on a two-teamer. Uh, so that did cash. I pretty much tied a lot of uh, teams with Colorado Avalanche, and uh, that worked out pretty well. They won 7-3. But Ottawa-Vancouver, the total at 6.5 here, the, the thing that we have to take into consideration when we see a high total like this is the power plays. You know, I saw Carver High. He's been taking a lot of these props on the power play goals. And with this scenario here, I don't know if you saw how that game ended, Gabe, Monday night, but it was just – there was like – two different players on each team that had several fights in the game. Like not just one five minute major, but I think like two or three five minute majors and both these teams have great power plays. So when you think about how many penalties is going to be in this game, most likely that translates into goals. So to be honest with you, I see no reason why we shouldn't go back to Ottawa, Vancouver over the posted total. The Ottawa senators aren't bad offensively. They just cannot protect the puck in their own end. One thing, those you know, these two teams, Ottawa and Vancouver, have some of the most distinct trends in the league right now. Specifically, guys, the Vancouver Canucks, seven and one to the over in their eight hockey games. Seven and one to the over, guys. Um, now, listen, they only gave up one goal to Ottawa the other night, but before that, they've been getting lit up like a uh, like a blunt in the back of Willie Nelson's tour bus. So. They might start to tighten things up, but as you say, they can put the puck in the net as well. They don't have great goaltending. Ottawa's got young talent, but they're raw. They don't have good defensemen. Their goalies are on an island amongst themselves. They're 0-2 on the road. They've been getting pumped uh, here. And I'll tell you what, Vancouver's a good team, right? They can be good. They stumbled out of the blocks uh, here, uh, McGinnis. I can see them getting mm. it going here again. I don't think Vancouver takes the pedal off the metal. Yeah. They've been embarrassed and, to start Gabe, the season. Matt They're Murray not going to just say, oh, not we, we the won right seven piece for the Ottawa Senators. He's not good at all. You know, he is the most overrated goalie in hockey. He has two Stanley Cups. He was led by an amazing team and also an injured Marc-Andre Fleury that got them to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think that he is not the, the answer here for the Ottawa Senators to grow with as a goaltender. I, that might be a hot take. I'm not sure if a lot of people out there love Matt Murray, but he's not going to be the answer. I think he's mentally weak. I think that he does not belong on a team. They're going to have some bad nights. You know, it happens in every sport, football, uh, whatever it is, basketball, soccer. And I don't think he's going to be able to withstand these, these beatdown games where they lose 7-1 and then bounce back the next night. He has two Stanley Cups, Gabe, and, and that's all he has really going for him. Yeah, hockey's weird, though, in a sense that with the goaltending position, no, no one really likes Murray all that much, but that's why he's on the worst team in the league, right? That's why he's on the worst team in the league. Hockey's weird in that you have a young team and you're developing a young team. You don't really want to expose a goalie to that. It's kind of weird. 
Like, you'll notice, yeah. like, teams don't really bring up stud goalies and put them on bad teams and say it's not like a quarterback. Well, he's going to have to go through the growing pains. And they're like, nah, we don't want this kid facing, like, 35 shots, 37 shots a night. We'll, we'll get this kid in when, when we're good. Right. And, you know, sort of like Carter Hart and stuff, because you blow the kids cop, you blow a kid's confidence early. So a team like Ottawa, I mean, they're sort of like Sacramento of the NBA or Minnesota. They got to sign somebody and they can't just put a kid in and lose nine two every night. You know what I mean? So they sign a journeyman goalie and they hope for the best while they, they develop some youngsters into minors. I'm kind of on the other side of that game because, you know, and this is not the NHL caliber, but. I actually knew a goalie that played pretty high level. He was on actual NHL draft prospect list and stuff. And um, he was playing pretty high level here in the East Coast of Canada. And there was an expansion team. And the expansion team actually traded some of their picks in the next year draft following for this goalie that was in his last year. He was an overager on the team. And it was just a bunch of young guys. A bunch of young guys with the best goaltender in the league. There was one game where he faced like 55 shots. Right, I get what you're saying, I get your angle, but I'm sure you can understand where I'm coming from, where it's like, if you're not going to have great defense and you're going to have younger guys, you should have a solid piece of a goaltender. Do you understand like that kind of angle as well? I get what you're saying. You don't want to have a guy in there to get peppered every night, but at the same time, your franchise well, should do? start with a great goalie. Yeah, but what are they going to do? You think they're going to spend a ton of money on a goalie when they're, they're terrible? What's the point? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're the worst team in the league, bro. Like, they're rebuilding. Like, what, what, like, what do you expect them to do? You know what I mean? Like, I'll take Thatcher Demko over Matt Murray right now. And Demko's a backup. Um, yeah. Um, you know, well, we'll see. We'll see moving forward what happens to Demko moving forward. But, like I said, they're a bad team, McInnes, right? And that's why yeah, they bring in a journeyman it. goalie. On a short term, you know what I mean? They buy, they buy some time here. They're just trying to mm-hmm. uh they're they're just trying to buy some time and get good and then they'll worry about the goalies, but there's not a ton of great goalies. I get what it's you not mean. like any I get what you mean. It's not like there's any star goalie out there for them. It's either that or you call up some kid and the kid just gets killed every night. And and they, they lose eight eight nothing. Alright, the late night anger management class continues. Too much talk about all Ottawa's goalie situation. Bring it. do this 24 hours a day working hard to bring you the news you can use get on the grid we are the sports grid radio network sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Where? Radio, the internet, TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. That's the dumbest bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree. Like that anger management class continues. I am Renzi throwing it down. 
You know, we're just talking about uh, uh, the Ottawa goaltending situation. Now everyone's all fired up in the chat right now. Yeah, we know Matt Murray sucks. That's the point. That's that's the whole point. It's like the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. People ask, well, well how come the Jags don't sign this guy and sign that guy? How come, you know, why do you, why do you think they signed Mike Glennon? Like, you think the Jags said, you know what? I think well, we're going to win nine sucks. games. I don't think everyone with, thinks Murray uh, sucks. I'm, well, pretty much. He's on the Ottawa Senators, bro. That's He's a little bit, that's a little bit extended, but I, I get your point. I get your well, point, but that's team, a little bit what exaggerative. Team what team signed him? No, like, no. wanted him? <laughs> no, I get your point. I get The I worst get your team point, in the league. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 you know what? I understand your point, Gabe, because they're developing young players. They don't expect to win. I understand your angle. I get it. Um, all right, so, uh, but the point is... Listen, Ottawa, Ottawa are going to be an over team, guys. All right? It's not the goalie's fault. Mm. Listen, they, you know what I mean? They're, they're going to face a ton of shots. And Vancouver, as we were mentioning, 7-1 seven and, seven and one, uh, to the over. Vancouver's goaltending is pretty shaky as well. Uh, but their, their defense should get better with time. Listen, Vancouver were taking a million penalties and stuff. I think they're going to win again. It might, well, I don't think they're going to blow them out 7-1. You know, Ottawa will put up a bigger fight and stuff, but I don't think they have enough to get it done. I think Vancouver's pissed off about their start. I think Vancouver have a lot of talent, and they're too good to be playing as poorly as they are. Give me the Vancouver Canucks in this game. The total concerns me. You know, it's so high at six and a half, but as we stated, because Canucks are seven and one to the over, and uh, Ottawa's four and two to the over. Uh, right now so we've got two games let's get to thursday slate but what are you looking at for tomorrow then chicago nashville you said you like the over and ottawa vancouver what's your take on the ottawa vancouver game so i like the over six right now the numbers are just popping up now because the goaltending situations were just kind of being announced and uh i guess it's tougher right now with the back-to-backs trying to figure out who the goaltenders are going to be but uh, I'm right there with you, Gabe, with uh, Ottawa, Vancouver. I'm probably going to split my money line and my puck line bet and make a minus one. Um, you, you know, when I, when I look at this team, I see them, you know, I, I said that they might not make the playoffs, but you're the same with me as our feelings about the Montreal Canadiens. And I think that you're a Habs fan, I'm a Habs fan, but we're pretty realistic fans. And they've gotten so much better over the years. I bring them up because they play the Vancouver Canucks, and you and I can both agree that that was pure dominance. It, it was anything you can do, I can do better. The Habs were the better team over the Canucks. But the Habs are better than the Canucks, but the Canucks are far, far better than the Ottawa Senators. And younger teams, they do not perform well on the road. I know that they don't have to, they're not going out, they're not going to bars or restaurants, they're being pretty locked down. But that has to be an angle we can consider. And over the years, how much better this team has played at home. I'm not sure the exact numbers, but I feel like in this situation alone, that helps them as well. Vancouver playing at home. So I agree with you. I think that people saw the way that that series against Montreal went and really started to look down upon Vancouver so quickly without giving credit to the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, bugged me as a Habs fan, didn't like to hear it, but as a handicapper, my biggest bet of the year so far was on that Vancouver side at a pretty good price of minus 145 against Ottawa. And I'm going to go right back on it. But... You can't argue with an over in that spot either because, look, I'm telling you, watching this next game tomorrow night, there's going to be a bunch of penalties, and both these teams have great power plays. So speaking of the Montreal Canadiens, so there's only two games in the NHL tomorrow night, but then they get after it 
Um, they get after it on uh, on Thursday. There's a bunch of games. And speaking of the Montreal Canadiens, what a great start for this team. And what's amazing about this is this great start has happened on the road. Canadians opened up against Toronto. Uh, they then they went to Edmonton. They played Edmonton twice. They then played Vancouver uh, three times. This is actually the first time they're going to be playing at the Bell Center uh, in Montreal. It's too bad, you know. Obviously, there's not going to be any fans uh, there. Montreal's in a lockdown, uh, but. It's still a special building with the intro and the music, and you know they're going to be fired up. I hope it doesn't backfire on them, actually, <laughs> that they're going to be, like, a little too excited, <laughs> yeah. even though there's no fans. Just being back and, you know, you know they're going to be excited to be back in Montreal uh, for the first time. And so they play the Flames on Thursday and on, on Saturday. So the Flames just played the Leafs uh, here tonight. Now they have to go to Montreal. What do you make of the, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the, in the Canadians home opener on Thursday? I'm right there with you. When, I, when you mentioned the fact of playing at home, look, some of these guys like uh, Joel Edmondson, Tyler Toffoli, who had, who played amazing against his former team. They haven't played at the bell center yet. They haven't played a game there. So fans are not, it's still pretty exciting. Look, I'm going to go with an angle that, seems to be working and as far as a total perspective i really think it'll be a good spot here to play the under with calgary and montreal in that first game as calgary plays toronto they've played some very chippy hockey they had a really tough game tonight they were going goal for goal trading goals back and forth montreal's goaltending has been really good as you and i both know they are but i still feel like they want to do a better job of taking care of the puck and i feel like when you start a road trip you want to start defensively. You're a little bit more cautious. And then when the road trip progresses and moves forward, you start getting a little more goals oriented, a little more sloppy. And I feel like that's what happens with Calgary during their road trip, because let's, let's, let's take a look at this right now. Montreal Canadians are, you know, a decent over team right now uh, to start their season off. And it's because their goal scoring has been great. Uh, I mentioned Tyler Toffoli, a guy playing on our third line for Montreal. Uh, you know, getting a hat trick against his former team, then scoring a couple goals the next night. I think the unders the play in that opening game, and then I would look at Montreal as well. But I feel like uh, that next game, Calgary could steal it, and uh, Montreal might get a little flat. You know, I, I'm looking at it in the other sense that I'm concerned that they get caught up in being back home. It's easier to focus on the road. Some of these guys have families, they've got kids. You know, just they're, they're back home, and I get it. They're happy to be back home, but it could be a little bit of a distraction. So it's, it's only two games mm-hmm. tomorrow night. Tomorrow night will be a full NBA night. It's weird how the schedule is in the sports world this week. But um, Thursday, it's all rematch day. So basically, Philadelphia beat New Jersey tonight. I was on the Flyers. That's a rematch, Philadelphia at New Jersey on Thursday. Florida and Columbus. Uh, Florida w- wins tonight 4-3. That's a rematch. Uh, They're playing again. Pittsburgh and Boston play again on Thursday. The Rangers and Buffalo play again on Thursday. The Islanders and Washington play again. And if there's a great bet, guys, in the NHL so far this year, uh, we talked about the Vancouver Canucks being 7-1 to the over. The New York Islanders are now 6-0 to the under on the season. Another under tonight. Uh, It was 5.5. They got to 5 uh, tonight, but I'll tell you, Washington's been pretty scrappy, even though they're missing a bunch of guys, uh, Andrew, and here they are, so you're going to have Islanders in Washington again, and I doubt it'll be a five, there's no line posted yet, it'll probably be five and a half again, but 
The Islanders are a you know they're they're a strong ass under team. This team, man, six and zero to the under. They are a huge under team. They know how to you know protect leads when they have them, and they know how to play defensively. I think people kind of get caught up with the difference between a, a team that just struggles offensively versus an under team, and it has to do with coaching. You know, the coaches implement that. We've seen that from Barry Trotz on even when he led the Washington Capitals to a Stanley Cup they turned into more of a defensive team. So that's kind of a huge thing with them. I like the Islanders to, to bounce back as to one of those bounce back spots. If you watch that game, um, it was an outstanding hockey game. Washington scored with 30 seconds to go in the game. And, you know, Washington has performed and, and played pretty well since Ovechkin and Samsonov and, and those guys were out uh, with COVID and the COVID protocols. But I feel like as we progress onto those last games, of their, the, the games that they're missing, that's when we'll start to see them fall off a little bit. The, the depth of scoring will only last for so long, whereas I think the Islanders are one of the more confident teams I would take for a bounce-back spot. And as you mentioned, that theory is already hitting, um, you know, the team to, to bounce back, especially when it's been a game like this. You know, teams are certainly bouncing back off 6-1 losses, but they're definitely bouncing back off, you know, a 4-3 game or a 3-2 game, uh, something like that. So I'm right there with you. They're a huge under team. Uh, right there with the Anaheim Ducks, right there with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, those couple teams, they're going to keep it low scoring. Same thing with Boston, too, actually. Yeah, Boston's been good to me so far this year, which is anomaly. Normally, they're not. I, I Normally, I lose Bruin games, but I've just decided to get on board with them. They're just a strong, they just play smart hockey. They just, they, they're just a smart, uh, smart hockey team. A team that should bounce back. It's going to be a couple of teams in bounce back situations. Uh, Minnesota got upset tonight. They're hosting the Los Angeles Kings. They should get bad. They, they should win and bounce back. Anaheim and Arizona are going to be playing again. And as you stated, it's going to be hard not to take an under here, and especially since Gibson's going to get a day off here. So you know he'll be playing again on Thursday. I can't argue with that. You know, unless Arizona's leading the scoring way, I don't see Anaheim doing it. That's the exact game that Anaheim wants to be involved in is that one nothing game. And that's not really the game I was expecting to see as someone that backed Arizona. So, um, you know, the, as far as Los Angeles goes, look, I'm pretty high on Minnesota as far as that division goes, as, as, at least as a four seed. I think they're a pretty, pretty good team. Uh, their goaltending just stinks. <laughs> they would be so much better of a team if they had pretty good goaltending. They have a mix of young talent and veteran talent, which I can always appreciate for a team. But, I'm not going to try and try and uh, you know get in front of a team in LA right now that just seems to be able to find it and, and, and get the job done. You know, it's just, it's the same reason why I'm going to avoid betting on the New York Rangers because they're a team that just can't seem to get it done. I mean, Gabe, you're better off letting them go down to nothing in their next couple of games because clearly being up two goals isn't working out for them. And, and people like the Rangers coming into the season, and, and that goes to show the talent does not always translate into wins. And uh, that's definitely coming out here with that team. Uh, I think that if you look at that Rangers-Buffalo series, I'm, I'm going to look at that either being a must-win game and a big game for the Rangers, or, hey, you know, that's a 10-foot pole and I'm going to stay away because I don't trust them. Pittsburgh and Boston, those are two teams. And you mentioned, like, the, you, you're, you're comfortable backing them. You're jumping on the Boston train. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I mean, you mentioned that they're a well-sound hockey team. They play a full 60 minutes. You know, we don't see it as much, and it's not as clear in, in hockey. But wouldn't you agree, Gabe, that NBA players 
they, they call it, they call the game, you know, with eight minutes, six minutes to go. They're like, ah, we lost this one. NHL players do the exact same thing, but Pittsburgh and Boston, they go until the final buzzer and it really shows. Well, you know what? You know, they, they just have such a winning uh, pedigree. And I'm not a fan of the guy personally, although he's, he's definitely, he's been less douchey the last couple of years. But, uh, but Marchand, he's just a great leader. He's a great player. He's added skill to his game. And there's just, there's accountability. They're, they're a smart hockey team, and they're definitely going to be in a mix. And you know what? It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be crazy. Every year, people hype up Vegas and vote Vegas, Vegas, Colorado. Colorado aren't getting to the cup. All right, Colorado aren't getting to the cup. Vegas are, are there every year, so it's hard to discount them. But with this new format right now this year, it's a possibility that it could be the Montreal Canadiens and the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup, which uh, would just be freaking insane, actually. One of the great rivalries, great rivalries of the 70s. Andrew McKinnis, SportsMemo.com, Wager Talk. Thanks for stepping up and in tonight, McKinnis. May the winners be yours. Thanks for the time, Gabe. Take care. Late night anger management class. Hank Bauer, Chargers break, still to come. The Pop Super Bowl 55. Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us. One of us. One of us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Screaming a warning level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Dave O'Brien. Series XM Channel 204. Thanks to McGinnis uh, for kicking it uh, with us uh, this evening. Hank Bauer will join us in level three. We'll talk Super Bowl uh, 55. We'll talk uh, Freezer Bowl. Uh, with Hank as well as uh, Hank, uh, NFL analyst that uh, does the games uh, with uh, Sports at USA Radio uh, Networks. So um, tonight was a light night in the association uh, tonight. And last night we crushed it with our NBA props. Tonight we got off to a strong start uh, with our props. Uh, but the Utah game, the Utah game was a problem for us. Um, man, Donovan Mitchell just disappeared this evening. Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles always hits more than one and a half three-point shots. He hit one shot, one for four tonight. That was frustrating. And for the love of God, every time I play this points, rebounds, assist prop, I lose. And Randall, I had over 35 and a half. He got to 32. So I went 0-3 with the props in that one game, and that swung the difference between being a winning night and a losing night. We had a nice NHL prop uh, tonight, and Andrew brought up uh, the uh, the power play props. So uh, this is an interesting one. I played uh, Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche, stud defenseman, to score a power play point. 
It was plus 185. Over, under, like, will he get a power play point? 0.5, over, under. Plus 185 to the yes. Plus 180, and, and you know, as McKenna stated, man, you got to know, I knew there was going to be a ton of penalties in this game. Dude, he got like, a, he, I think he had two assists in the first period on the power play. So at plus 185, there is value in the hockey world, guys. So if you're tuning in, and even if you're not a big hockey fan and stuff, we're just trying to give you some gambling angles. If uh, basketball's not working for, if you want to shake things up. But we've got a full slate of NBA basketball tomorrow. Normally, people wouldn't be fired up for a Pistons-Cavs game. But I am, number one, because the Cavs are red hot, ATS-wise. When they have all their players, they're a scrappy-ass team. Number two, the Pistons have been a big-time prop team for us. Wayne Ellington back on the floor. He's been a three-point monster. And uh, Jeremy Grant got back on track. And this game is on the road. Detroit gets three at Cleveland. We'll hit the NBA card and more. And Bauer joins us. Late night at the management class. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 